Hello and welcome to Yasmina Uncut, a podcast all about taboo topics, love, marriage, children and everything in between. Hello and welcome to Yasmina Uncut. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about love and insecurities. I feel like a lot of us have insecurities. We we have it at at least some stage of our life. Some people have insecurities that last such a long time and we don't attend it to. And then some of us, we just go through phases where we feel insecure and then we snap out of it. And I feel like when we fall in love with someone, it's so easy to feel like our insecurities just get so much worse only because we want to be the best of us for someone. And, you know, when you're trying super hard to be the best of you all the time, it becomes unrealistic and you start comparing yourself to others. And then you think, you know, well, the person I love can pick anyone in the world. Why would that person choose me? And you start self-doubt and then it goes through a whole whirlwind. I was speaking to a girl recently online on my Instagram. She had DM'd me and she had said, you know, it's easier to speak to a stranger than it is to speak to someone that I know and I wanted some advice. She said, you know, my husband and I are going through a bit of a rough patch. You know, we're trying to work on things together. Um, he, I find him like I catch him looking at women and sometimes liking stuff online that's of other women and it makes me super self-conscious. And we've had a conversation about it. And he said that he's going to work on things and is just frustrated because they're not connecting and, he, you know, he's going to try his best to change and whatnot. And she said, you know, do other people go through that? And also, how do you get past that rough patch? And the first thing that came to my mind was that, like, that brings back so many memories of my experience, you know, and she has just had a baby. And I remember when I first had Nina, we had gone to the beach with Billy's family and Billy was on the beach playing with his dad, like like throwing a ball or whatever in the beach. And a super good looking girl had walked past. And I noticed that he had like just slightly looked and then looked back and was just like playing with his dad. And it made me so ridiculously insecure. Like it was the end of the world for me. I felt like shit. I had just given birth. I had put on my bikini top and some shorts. And I felt like crap that day about myself. So I was already in a position that anything was going to piss me off. But when that had happened, that tipped me over the edge. We were with his family, so I couldn't really just get up and be like, fuck you, motherfucker, why are you looking at other chicks? <laughs> Which I probably wouldn't have even if we were alone. But, you know, in my head, I was like, okay, be civil, don't act dramatic, calm down. And he'd come back from the beach and it's like, hey, baby, you're going to come and swim? Like, I'll take care of Nina. Like, go swim, have fun. And I just ignored him. And He's like, what's wrong? You know, what's going on? Yada, yada, yada. And then I had kind of like just brushed it off and kept ignoring him. And then he's like, come out with me. And he like grabbed my hand, gave Nina to my mother-in-law. And then we went out into the beach and I like just started crying. And I was like, you know, I just feel like crap. You know, after I saw that, it made me feel even worse. And he's like, what are you talking about? Because I wasn't even looking at, you know, the girl that was walking past. And I said, It's beside the point. Like the point isn't that whether you were looking at her or not. The point is I feel like an absolute asshole right now. I feel like shit about myself and I'm toxic to be around. So can we just drop this subject and talk about it later? And, you know, he kept trying to make it all better. And we on the way home because it was a quite far away beach on the way home, we were just chatting and I was like, you know, you you go through phases of your life where 
you look in the mirror and you don't feel like you recognize that person in the mirror. And that was a phase that I was in. I felt like I didn't know who I was looking at. And it wasn't until I had this conversation with him when I actually started to realize the problem. And I was like, look, I know that there are a lot of good looking people in the world, both men and women. And I guess for me, that kind of thing just made me feel a lot worse. Like I know, you know, not everyone sees it the same way and some people are less jealous than others, but I'm a quite jealous person. Well, I was at the time. And I said, you know, it made me feel really crap. And he said, I'm so sorry. Honestly, I was like, literally, she was just in the way when I was looking at the beach and that's all it was, I promise you. And I said, no, that's okay. I said, you know what, even if you were looking like it's not the end of the world. But when we had this conversation and he was super supportive and trying to fix a problem rather than attack me for it, it made it a lot easier to open up and talk about what I was feeling. And it just opened up this whole bigger conversation that had nothing to do with this girl walking by. And I say this because so many people go through this and they think the point of the argument is like, how it started, but a lot of the time it's got such a deeper meaning to it and it's something that's leading you to something that's way bigger, if that makes any sense at all. But, you know, having that conversation, I started to realize that I had to work on myself, my self-love. I needed to feel me again. And he's like, you know, what is it that you want to do? I said, there's nothing, you know, I'm a new mom. I just want to sit at home and be with my baby. Like it is what it is. Like, well, do stuff for yourself that makes you feel good. And I was like, yeah, you know, I will. I'll make time for it. But, you know, with mum guilt, you just start feeling like, no, you don't have the right to kind of work on you. You feel like you should be selfless at that time, which is fair to say, because, you know, mum life, you do get judged quite a bit. And it's almost as if you can't do both. You can't be a good mum and look after yourself. That's what it is made to be like out there. So I just felt a lot of intense pressure with that all. And, you know, after having that conversation, I started doing stuff for me that I loved and that made me feel good about myself. I decided that, you know, I was going to start light exercise. I was going to see some friends and, you know, different atmosphere really changed my perspective. And I realized that although my friends didn't have babies, they were going through similar stuff, you know, they were going through phases in their life where they felt like they weren't worthy of love. And so they deflected and they took it out on their partner on little things that were minuscule. They didn't, they weren't really relevant to the relationship, but it's when you start nitpicking and making fights and trying to, you know, dig deeper in something that's not that deep, you realize that there's more to the picture. And, you know, what I've gathered from a lot of friends and talking to a lot of people is that we all go through it. It's just not spoken about enough. It's something that we all kind of, we go through and then we kind of like just keep quiet about it because we feel ashamed that we feel this way, but there's no shame to it. It's okay to feel not you and it's okay to be in a toxic place and you can work through it. It's just a matter of having that conversation with your partner. And I feel like, you know, when you're in love, you just want, it sounds so stupid, but you just want to be your partner's ideal person. You want to look in the mirror and go, I'm so confident. Like my partner's so lucky. You know, he's, he's got the good package just as I think of him. He thinks of me. And when that spark kind of like dies out a bit and you feel like that connection between you guys is just not there. That's when you go into this hole of like self-doubt and it can be so toxic to your relationship. Like, It's something that has nothing to do with the relationship, but everything to do with the relationship, if that makes any sense. Like the spark and the connection obviously has a lot to do with the relationship, but then 
you working on self-love will in turn fix that. Because when you feel good about yourself, you don't start questioning everything your partner does. Because when you feel good about yourself, you go, you know what? I'm just going to have trust that he or she loves me and is loyal to me. And if there was anything else, if they weren't going to be loyal and love me the way I deserve, then I deserve better and I will get better. You know, I'm, I'm okay alone, you know? And when you start seeing that and believing that, I feel like it just changes your whole perspective. And guys love confidence. Like they love a confident woman. And I tell you this, not in not in a girl bashing kind of way, like you got to be confident to be attractive. Obviously, there's a lot of people who aren't confident that are still hella attractive. But confidence is the biggest item that you could wear, the biggest thing that you could be. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. I feel like confidence is what truly completes a woman. And, you know, I'm not trying to be sexist. It's the same with men. It's so sexy when a guy is so confident. It's so hot when they're not constantly self-doubting themselves. Have you ever met a guy where all they talk about is how much they hate themselves or, you know, they nitpick at every little thing that they do or wear or look like and you slowly feel unattracted to them. You feel like, I'm so sick of hearing you talk about this because I don't see you this way. You're nitpicking at things that I would have never noticed. And it's the same for women. When you're picking out little things about yourself, your, your partner doesn't see that. They see you as you, your soul, your heart, and that's how it should be. They're not looking at you, your stretch marks or, you know, your thin hair or your teeth that aren't perfectly straight or your acne that's on your face. They're not looking at that. Sure, it's an awesome bonus to feel great about yourself and correct these things about yourself that you really feel as if affects you. But do it for you. Don't do it because you're trying to be some ideal person for your partner. Because at the end of the day, and we were talking about this yesterday, my husband and I, when we went out on a date, we were talking about how it doesn't matter what you look like. If someone doesn't love you, like truly love you, it's not going to matter. They're going to be disloyal to you. And we were having, this is a whole different conversation, but you know me, I kind of dabble on 10 different conversations in one, but he was talking about how, you know, some guys, some guys will check me out when we're walking around, but he doesn't think that, oh my God, you need to stay home and you need to be unseen by the public eye because you are only mine. He thinks, fuck, my wife's still got it. Like, If that guy looked at me in the face, I'll probably fucking grease him. But damn, she's still got it. Like, I'm lucky to have her. I should treat her fucking right because she is wanted and she deserves to feel wanted by me. So I'm going to be better than anyone who sees her in public. I'm going to woo her way better than anyone can. So she's going to feel the love from me. She's not going to seek that attention. And I said to him, it's the same with me. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of women who will try flirt with you. Like he's told me at work so many times where he'll tell, you know, someone who he's speaking to, oh, you know, I'm married. I have a wife. She's so beautiful. And I have these children. And he goes, you can just see these girls like their, their face lights up. It's almost like, that's who I want. Like, I want that guy who's married and loyal because that's going to be a hard catch to get. So I'm going to get him. And that blows my mind because I, I find that absolutely disgusting if you're trying to get with a married man, like that's just repulsive and you are a horrible person. But that doesn't make me see him any different. That makes me look at him and go, yeah, he's a fucking catch. Like I would want him too if he wasn't married. Obviously I do want him. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make me look at him like, oh, you're a flirt. 
you know, or, oh, you're this. Like, we're so comfortable to speak to each other about this stuff. Like, I even tell him when there's scenarios when a guy tries to pick me up and I'm like, oh, yuck, and we start having these conversations about how, like, people that are super disloyal and it's crazy how the world works. And what I'm trying to get at here is that having this connection with your partner and being able to freely have these conversations not only works, builds on that trust that you guys have together, but also it it forms a sort of connection where you feel, when you feel trusted and when your partner is able to open up about the things that even might piss you off and you guys are still openly able to have that conversation, it changes the dynamics of the relationship. It just means that you guys can, you know, truly get somewhere with this. My advice to this girl who messaged me on Instagram was just do you. Concentrate on some self-love. Do some stuff that helps you feel good about yourself because you have no idea how much internal will fix your relationship. Another piece of advice that I'd given her was that when you have these deep conversations with your partner, when you make time to sit down and tell your partner how you feel, you have no idea how much they can change your relationship. If you hold on to things and hold on and hold on and just lose it when there's an argument and just let it all out and get angry, it's not really going to fix or solve anything. Whereas if you have a conversation with them and instead of saying, you did this, you did this, you need to change and you start going, okay, The way you did this made me feel because no one can argue about the way something makes you feel. But if you attack someone, they're just going to go on the defense. You're on the same team. You want the same goal. You want to fix this problem. You want to move on. You're in love with each other. Stop acting as if you're on different teams. I did that for so much of my marriage at the very beginning. You know, I, I had these walls up. I had these walls up like my insecurities were gut feeling and they were telling me how to feel. But a lot of the time, they weren't. They, yeah, they're gut feelings, but the majority in my fucking head. <laughs> like, bitch, you're crazy. You know, and when we started to work on things and really build on our relationship and have these conversations regularly, like every week would unpack something about each other that would make us feel so much closer to one another. It just changed the whole ball game. Once I was asked, what makes you so confident? You know, you're so confident in yourself. What makes you confident? And I had to think about it for a bit. And I guess I went through a period of my life where I hated on myself so much. Everything about me made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I was surrounded by beautiful people. I was, you know, social media had just sort of taken off. And a lot of what I saw online, I didn't know that a lot of it was edited, that a lot of it was fake. And that, you know, now, nowadays, a lot of people are showing a lot of the behind the scenes. They're showing, you know, every part of their body, the good and the bad. And it's amazing. But back then, there was none of that. It was just the Kim Kardashians of the world. It was just the celebrities of the world, the Tammy Hembrows of the world, showing their life in all its glory, the highlight reels, the amazing stuff. And I loved it. But it just made me look in the mirror and made me see that I was never going to be that good. And so it just made me feel like, you know, I, although I have my partner and I love him and he loves me, I needed to be better for him. And if I don't love myself, then how, how is he going to love me? So he's most likely going to leave me. I almost brainwashed myself into that sort of thinking. Now, as you guys know, well, some of you would know years ago, when I fell pregnant with Nina, I got super, super bad varicose veins. Like I'm talking insane bulging out of the skin varicose veins. 
I started losing hair from giving birth and my body looked nothing like it looked like, you know, my whole entire life. And I just felt like everything about me I hated. But I put on this mask and I put on this facade that I was okay. The stretch marks on my hips or my varicose veins bulging out of my leg under those jeans didn't matter. That if I act confident that no one will ever know. And then I started to get messages from people like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, you've got your life together, yada, yada, yada. And it bothered me because I was like, no, I don't have my life together. I'm so sorry that I'm leading leading you to believe this by my socials, you know, by what I'm posting. And that's when I started posting a bit more real stuff online. And I started to realize that there was a gap in that market. There was a gap in society. And I'm not saying I was one of the first people to post any sort of, you know, real shit on social media, but I was one of them. And that's where I kind of grew my platform. And I think my platform really gave me courage. It gave me courage to be myself, that regardless of how I turned up, that it was okay. And I know that not everyone has a platform to be able to cheer them on and be their cheese squad, but it doesn't matter how much of a cheese squad you have, if you don't believe it within you, and if you don't look in the mirror and try to do better for you, then you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to get over these insecurities. When you pick yourself up and go, you know what? No, no, this is not me. I'll give you an example. When I first met my sister-in-law, I hope she's okay with me talking about this, but my husband's sister, when I first met her, she was overweight. She had, you know, a lot of acne on her face. She was a very insecure teenager and I loved her regardless. I always cheated her on. I always told her how beautiful she was and that it didn't matter what she looked like. It was how she felt that was important. She went through a stage where she had had enough. She didn't want this life anymore. She didn't want this lifestyle that she was living anymore. She wanted to be truly happy. So she started working out. She started waking up super early, going hard, working out every single day. She just was so consistent with it. The consistency of it all, she was just so motivated. She started studying skin. skin. So she went to uni, started studying skin. And her acne started clearing because she was obviously learning that all that makeup that she was wearing was clogging up her skin and all of that started working out because she just felt like it made her feel so good. And then when it became a lifestyle, she realized her confident level went from zero to 100. And it wasn't because she was looking better. It's because she was living a lifestyle that made her feel good. And when she felt good, it's like your body just reciprocates how you feel. Have you noticed when you try to lose a lot of weight and you're stressed about it, you more often than not either stay the same weight that you are or you gain weight? And you feel worse about yourself? Well, that was the same with her. When she started to just go to the gym and work out because she wanted to for her lifestyle, that's when she actually started to look better and in turn felt better. So it wasn't even that that was her aim of the game. Really, it was just to get out and do something that was just for her and make a change in her life. And I tell you this story not to say, hey, go work out, lose weight, because losing weight, I tell you now, it doesn't matter what size you get to, you will never be happy. I lost so much weight post-birth. Like I got to a size four. Like that's that's just insanity. I literally got to a size four where I was bones. There was bones sticking out of my collar and there's nothing wrong with that either. But for me, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't, it wasn't who I was. I looked in the mirror and I was freaked out. And I remember telling myself that when I was super thin and when I got to, to size six or size four, that's when I would be happy. But I wasn't happy. 
there was still something I was picking out. Oh, I'm too bony. Oh, my hair's too thin. Oh, my teeth are yellow. Oh, you know, my, my varicose vein on my leg, shit, I got to wear pants now. I can never wear shorts or a dress. And I say this to encourage you to look at that part of like the picture. Even the people that you see on social media that are your ideal weight are probably not even happy with themselves or their ideal look. It's probably not even real. It's when you really start working internally on yourself, you start to realize that externally you get happier. Sometimes nothing changes externally. Sometimes you look the exact same, but it's the way you feel about yourself and the way you view yourself and talk to yourself that truly changes your perspective on how you see yourself. You know, when you fall in love with someone and you start to see them so differently, like you see them like they're perfection. But before you were in love with them, if you saw them on the street, you probably wouldn't have even took a second look. Like you'd be like, yeah, whatever, it's another person. But when you fall in love with someone, they just look so different to you. It's the same as when you fall in love with yourself. When you work on yourself, stop working towards trying to change yourself. Change, yeah, great, amazing. Do stuff that's going to make you feel better. But don't try to change yourself in hopes that it will make you feel good. Work on feeding your soul. Work on things that make you truly happy. You know, I remember talking to a psychologist years ago when I was in high school and I was battling depression and anxiety. She had said to me, what do you do in your spare time that makes you feel good? And I said, um, you know, I love to eat Krispy Kremes and have big and iced coffee. And I also love to hang out with my baby cousins and watch Law and Order SVU and SUV. SVU, no, SVU, I'm losing the plot. And, you know, she said, why does that make you feel good? I said, with watching Law and Order, I know what's going to happen next because I've watched it so many times and it just gives me a sense of calm. When I hang out with my baby cousins, they're so innocent and they just bring me so much joy. And I love eating sugar because it makes me happy. And she said, do more of that. Do more of what makes you happy. Make time that daily... You will do something that makes you feel good, whether it be hanging out with your baby cousins or whether it be, you know, going to get a donut with a friend or, you know, watch some Law and Order at night. Do something that makes you happy every single day. Try it. You'll notice a huge difference on how you feel. And I said, okay, when I started to do one thing that made me happy every single day, I realized I stopped. I didn't have time to hate on myself. I didn't have time to reflect and you know, make myself feel shit because I was just doing something that naturally made me feel good and I didn't think too much about. And in turn, I started to look at myself better. Like it sounds so stupid because I was really young and it didn't take much to make myself feel good. That it had nothing to do with my appearance, hanging out with my baby cousins or eating a Krispy Kreme donut or watching some Law and Order. It had nothing to do with the way I looked, but I started to view myself differently because I was more positive. I was living a lifestyle that made me feel good. And it was a shit lifestyle because I was a teenager who lived in their room watching Law and Order 24-7 on the weekend. But it made me feel good. And that's all that matters. So my point here is like, do stuff that makes you feel good, whether it be something that's physical, like it could be getting your lashes done. And I know I say that a lot, but it's because it makes me feel really good. But it could be going for a coffee with a friend. It could be getting a cosmetic procedure that you've been longing to get forever. Don't allow the judgment of others to make you feel shit. You know, do what it, whatever it is that makes you happy. I remember when I first started getting Botox in my jaw to help the jaw clenching, people were like, wow, you've turned so fake and superficial. And I was like, no, I just, I'm not, I'm not the picture that you want me to be. 
I'm doing stuff that makes me feel good and I will never justify that to you because what makes me feel good has nothing to do with you. You are clearly a toxic person in my life and you're trying to make me fit into your little box and I'll never be that person that fits into your little box because I'm forever evolving. I'm forever different things make me feel good now. You know, back then it was law and order and I was chill. Now, watching an episode of Law and Order, I probably don't even have the time to sit down and watch a 45-minute episode, let's be real. It'll probably be in my ears while I'm, like, bathing the kids. That's as as good as it gets. But doing something small for yourself or something big shouldn't be justified. It shouldn't be something that, oh, you have to go and find time for. It should be your priority. And that, you have no idea how much it will change your life and change the way you view yourself. My mum used to say, Don't wait for a man to make you happy. A man is just a bonus. Love has nothing to do with happiness because love is unconditional. You love someone sometimes even when they don't make you happy. So you should never be relying on love to make you happy. You should be relying on yourself because at the end of the day, that's the person who you're going to be with your whole entire life. That's the person who's going to be there for you. That's the person who's going to pick you up. And she goes, I don't mean this in a selfish way, but you need to make you happy and no one can do that for you. So don't look for it. And I used to think that was really selfish. Like, what about dad? Doesn't he make you happy? She's like, of course he makes me happy, but that's just an added bonus. I'm happy alone too. And I said, oh, okay. And I thought, man, is she going to leave this bloke? Like, what is going on? But as I grew older, I started to learn that it's true. A man shouldn't make you happy. And I say it to Billy a lot. We talk, you know, a lot about that stuff. And I say, don't rely on me to make you happy. Don't rely on me to heal your insecurities or make you feel better about yourself. I'm a bonus to you. I'm someone who, yes, you love and you appreciate in your life, but I shouldn't complete it. You know, I know that there's that like fairy tale and that saying of like, you know, you complete me. And of course, yeah, you complete me. I love you but I will survive without you. Yeah, because self-love is so fucking important. No one is important enough to be in charge of your happiness, to be your only source of happiness. No one, no one in the world. It's not your mum's job to make you, you and happy. It's not your partner's job to make you happy. It's your job to make you happy for you. You know, a lot of our insecurities, they stem from a lot of the stuff that we go on, you know, that happens in our lives. Like I know for me, my mum, so much of my life, and I'm sure it was not intentional, but she used to say, cellulite, Sally, cellulite, Sally, because I had so much cellulite on my legs. But as a teenager, it was so damaging because I just, I like was never able to see myself in any other way, except the way my mum had spoken to me. And when I started to take back that power and go, no, your opinion of what my legs look like is more of an opinion on you. You know, it's not an opinion on me. And when I started to really be confident in myself, I started to realize that it wasn't the voices of other people that made me think otherwise about me. It was when I started to look in the mirror and go, no, you're in charge to think about you the way you want to think about you. Other people's thoughts on you don't control who you are. The way people look around you doesn't dim your light. You know what I mean? When I was around beautiful people, I felt like I couldn't compare. Like I, it didn't matter how good I looked or how good I felt that day. I automatically felt shit. You know, I'd go to a photo shoot where I had to model and I felt like crap. I was around another model who's never had kids and my body looked very different to what it once did. And I wanted to act super confident. And, you know, I had hair and makeup done that day, but I wasn't, I hated myself for it. But 
The model next to me didn't take away from me anything by being beautiful. She was just there to do her job. But I just felt so insecure that I felt like I was never good enough if I was in the same room as her. That if I was alone, that maybe, just maybe if I squint my eyes, I could feel good about myself the way I looked in the mirror. But what really changed it all for me all was just working on myself. And I know I've said that a lot today in this podcast, but honestly, I can't recommend working on yourself enough. You have no idea how much that impacts your life. It impacts also the way you parent, if you are a parent, the way you speak to your kids. You know, I think I started to see things in a very different point of view. I feel like if I continue to go about my life and not work on my, work on my insecurities, I think I would be projecting those insecurities onto my children. You know, now that I've worked through a lot of that trauma and a lot of just high school shit that I believed about myself, I think I would unintentionally be projecting that onto my daughter, onto my son, onto my son, you know? And when you work through that, you realize that you're being such a better human being and you're raising these children to be way better and not experience the same stuff that you ever experienced in your life. They're going to have a way better life, hopefully. You know, that's why I, you know, I'm constantly instilling these kind words into Nina's head about herself. Like, we always, you know, use words of affirmations because I'm like, I want her to, I want that small voice in her head, not to say, hey, Sally, like Sally, but I want those small words in her head to say, you are so beautiful. You can do anything you want to. You are kind, you are smart, and you will accomplish anything you put your mind to. That's what I want her to believe, you know? And my mom's way of like speaking to us back then was very like, olden style you know what I mean like it's not the society that we live in today now we've we've come to realize that working on ourselves and self-love is how important it is back then like self-love wasn't a thing you know mums that stayed at home there was no such thing as dads helping around the house or being hands-on it was just is traditionally known that mums and dads like the dad works the mum stays at home the mum does absolutely everything you should never complain yada 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 and now we've, we've we've uncovered that none of that was true that people just did it behind closed doors but now with social media we're able to post it and that's what i'm trying to say times have changed so evolve with the time and do better for you you know whether it be for your kids or whether it be for your partner or whether it be most importantly for yourself, that you will you will be the best version of you because that's what the world wants to see is the best version of you, no matter how that looks. It doesn't matter about your size. It doesn't matter about your face. It doesn't matter about your hair. Because believe me, when you're confident and you love yourself, that shit seeps through. We can see that on your face. I can't stress enough how sexy and beautiful confidence is. And my best tip sometimes is honestly, fake it till you fucking make it. You look in that mirror and you go, I fucking love your eyes. I love your little nose or I love your lips. Even if it's shit that you don't even like. I love your legs. I love your cellulite. I love it. You know, start speaking to yourself like someone you love. Stop speaking to yourself like someone you absolutely hate. If you couldn't speak to someone that you know, your loved one, the way you speak to yourself or the way you think thoughts about yourself, then don't say it to yourself, you know? And when you start doing that, just watch your life fucking transform. You watch. One last thing I'm going to leave you with, which really helped my relationship 
with my insecurities as well was we saw something online that was like, you ask your partner when you have a problem or something that's wrong, do you want a solution or do you want sympathy? So do you know how a lot of the time couples fight and, you know, your partner, you might just want some sympathy, but they're sitting here trying to fucking come up with a whole 10, 10 step plan solution to fix your issue. And you're like, no, I already know how to fix my issue. I just need you to feel sorry for me, but I don't want to say that because I'm going to sound petty. So I'm going to communicate to you that you don't understand me and that we've been together all these years and you still don't get what I need. That was me. <laughs> like That's what I used to say. So when we started to use this strategy, we realized our communication was so much clearer and we were able to be there for each other the way we needed our partner to be there for us. So when I would say stuff like, I feel like I'm breaking out, my partner would say, you know, like Billy would be like, do you want a solution or do you want sympathy? And I'm like, I want sympathy. I already know that if I stop eating the block of chocolate I've been eating before bed and drink a lot more water, that my breakouts probably won't be as bad tomorrow. So I didn't need you to tell me that. I just need you to tell me that I'm beautiful regardless and that you're going to go get me that block of chocolate and we're going to sit down and watch a movie because that's what I need from you right now. And then Billy, when he would say, far out, I feel like I'm gaining some weight. I really feel shit about myself. I want to really go work out, but I can't be bothered tonight. I'm just feeling so shit about myself. And I say, do you want a solution or do you want sympathy? And he'll look at me and go, I want a solution. What should I do? I'm like, get off your ass, go work out, go do this workout. Let's look at some plans that you can do, you know, some training that you can do there, like check out other people's pages and see what you can work out at the gym. And he's like, yeah, sweet. I feel so much more motivated. And I love that, you know, you're not making me feel guilty that our time together after the kids go to sleep is spent me working on me. And I'm like, hell no, go do you. I love that when you you work out, you come back with such a bright energy about you. Like you're just so happy. And I love that. Do you? So when we started to use this technique, it helped us with not only our relationship, but it also helped me identify what I needed. So when I started to tell him like, oh, I need sympathy, it kind of like motivated me to be like, stop fucking looking for sympathy and get off your ass and do something about your issue. And when I started to look at things that way, I was like, okay, all right, I get it now. I get exactly what I need. I know what I need. The fact that I can identify what I need and just explain that to my partner, it means that I'm also capable of fixing my own problem. So when I started doing that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get my varicose vein removal. I know that's going to make me feel so much confident in summer. You know, I'm going to do little things for myself, like get some hair extensions because I'm feeling super flat about my hair, you know, not growing a lot thicker, like it's growing, but I wanted it to be a lot more thicker, especially because I had a lot of photo shoots on. So when I started doing stuff that actually like I put stuff into work that made me feel so good and dropped that chocolate, stopped eating it, picked up eating nectarines instead at night because that was sweet and they're in season. I noticed such a big difference within my mood and just how I was and who I was to be around. And I was positive online too. You know, I go through stages where I just, I go off the grid. I don't post a lot or if I do, it's very like minimal. It's not really me. And a lot of people around me can tell when I'm not me. When I think, you know, when I started to work on me, like on these little things that I felt insecure about, I saw so much, so much better of a human being. Like I saw me for me, you know, I looked in the mirror and I was like, fuck, you're funny, bitch. Like, shit, you look good today. Like I started to really appreciate myself and felt good. Like when people paid me a compliment, 
I didn't feel the need to shoot it down. I didn't feel the need to pay it back with another compliment. I was like, thank you. I really like it too. I feel great about it. You know, oh, your skin's doing well. Yeah, thank you. The medication that I've been on and the skincare regime that I've been upkeeping to get rid of some scarring, it's helped amazing. Thank you. When usually... I'm like, oh no, it's really shit. This is just a good day, but usually it's really shit. Or if people say, I love, you know, the way your hair looks today. Oh no, it's it hasn't been washed in, in a few days. Do you get what I mean? Like I always was very deflective with compliments. And when I started to actually like go out and work on my own insecurities rather than like rely on Billy fixing it for me, it helped me see what I needed. So I want you to treat yourself as if your younger self is watching or maybe your child is watching you 24-7. So even your thoughts that you think about yourself, I want you to change them. Maybe it could be for a week. Maybe it could be for three days. But I want you to think positively about yourself and I want you to speak positively to yourself. When you get up in the morning, compliment yourself in the mirror. You know, when someone pays you a random compliment, maybe your partner says you look beautiful today, accept it. Say thank you. I really appreciate that. Don't deflect because you are. You're beautiful. I don't know what you look like, but I know that you're beautiful. And I want you to believe it. I don't want no fake it till you make it shit. I want you to look in the mirror and start looking at the stuff that you love about yourself. And I want you to point them out the way you point out your flaws and the way you have been for a very long time. I want you for a change to look in that mirror and see light and love for yourself. Like someone else is watching you. And you'll notice over time, and it could just be a few days, like I said, but you'll notice over time that you start to see more positive than negative and your life will change in so many aspects. Keep loving you because you're perfect just the way you are and I hope that you believe that. Thank you for listening to Yasmina Uncut. If you like this episode, you can review, like or subscribe to my channel. Chat to you soon.